They say April showers bring May flowers. Well, this May, for Mother's Day, birthdays, anniversaries, and all your floral needs, head to Cam Florist, where flowers can be purchased online and in person right down the street from the historic Motown Museum. Bring your own vase or order from scratch. Make sure to let someone you love know how much they mean to you with Cam Florist Arrangements. Located at Brazelton's Florist and camflorist.com. Rant much? Rant much? Rant much? Hey guys, it's your girl Naya. And Tuli. And we're back for another awesome episode of your favorite podcast on all platforms, Rant Much, the podcast for <laughs> black girls that talk too much. I love that. Your favorite <laughs> podcast. Period. <laughs> you know your favorite us. podcast. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Always, always. That part, that part. So, Tulis, how are you this week? Um... I am okay, Ooh. literally just yeah. okay and cruising and trying to get through the week. Uh, my best friend is coming through this weekend, so I'm very excited to spend the weekend with her. Um, and we're just going to rock. By rock, hey. I mean we're going to sit in my apartment, drink, and pass out. Here you go. But yeah, I'm very cold. South Africa is, I mean, Johannesburg is very cold this week. Okay. Um, I what didn't leave my apartment at all. Okay, it's cold. Okay, okay, let me see the degrees. Okay, okay. mind you, it is 6 a.m. Okay, but you must, you must, <laughs> <laughs> you must, uh, what's the word? Uh, convert yes. Celsius to Fahrenheit, okay? Yes, yes We're yes, at yes. two degrees now. It's two degrees now. I, 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 so, no, don't do that to me. See, you know, science. Wait. <laughs> Okay, no, I'm going, I'm going, literally going to Google. I'm dead, <laughs> not on the air. <laughs> guys, I'm guys. going to Google because let me tell you guys something. Naya always is like, yeah, is it really that cold? Is it? It's true. Guys, it I'm really from that cold? Michigan. Okay, us Michiganders, when we stay cold, it'd be negative. I get offended when the weather is younger than me. That's my rule of thumb. I'm 22. If the weather is not okay. like warmer than my age... It's too damn cold. That's my rule. Okay, then, then, then I'm probably not gonna tell her what it is because what? she's probably gonna tell me you're you're joking because I've opened it here and it's just not what it's is not it? giving younger than 22. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I need to know. It says it says it's 35.6 Fahrenheit. Okay, that's still cold. That's still cold. I don't really rock with that either. It is. It is cold. Is it cold. is really, really cold, and I'm just not feeling it. Apparently, yesterday was one of the coldest days we've had this year, but I spent oh. the whole day in my apartment, okay. so I wouldn't know. I actually <laughs> left in the evening to buy myself a McFlurry because <laughs> I was so good, and I spent no money and decided I need to start spending money again. <laughs> I'm dead. Go economy. Yay! <laughs> yes, go capitalism. So I left, I went to McDonald's, and then I came back. It was Boost cold though. Oh, yeah. Anyways, how are you, Naya? How's your week going so far? Um, honestly, y'all, me and Julie did my check in before this podcast even started, y'all. <laughs> like, I'm not about to hold y'all. I was like, Tuli, I just feel so upset about this situation that just happened. Anyways, my life is great. It wasn't going so great in the beginning of the day. I was very upset. 
I was just annoyed. You know how you're annoyed to be annoyed? And I always think the song by Monica is just one of them days. Like, it really felt like that. Like, I just wanted to be mad about everything and anything. And what's funny is, as an actress, and this might sound like the weirdest, like, this girl needs to go see a doctor. And I do have a therapist, so just beware. Um, (laughs) I do this thing where if I'm driving, if I'm sitting alone somewhere, if I'm thinking about something, if I'm writing something, it it doesn't matter. Especially when I'm driving, because I love driving and I'm always going somewhere. I will imagine a situation that would cause me to have to use the emotions that I'm currently feeling that are upsetting me. And I imagine how I would react mm. to that situation. And at least it allows me to get the emotions out. And I kind of act out the situation. Yeah. Like for yeah. me, like today yeah. I was literally crying in my car cause I didn't know why I was so upset. I just knew I was stressed and I was anxious and I really was like, a little depressed like I was not great I was very irritable and I didn't exactly know why and I thought about a situation where I would feel like that and next thing you know like I'm crying in my car like damn that really is that would really kill me if that happened and at the same time after it was all over and I was done with that little acting exercise moment like I was I was better (laughs) I actually did feel better so I don't know it's interesting for me to try and do different like mental games like that because sometimes you don't know why you're upset You just know that you don't feel like yourself. And I just wanted to feel a little bit closer to myself. But I'm ending the day feeling a lot closer to myself and also recognizing that everyone is human and everyone makes mistakes and that is okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how you're still running at this time. You've been (laughs) in and out of things the whole day. Yeah. I definitely would not have been recording at midnight (laughs) after the day you've had. Yeah. I just went from one recording to this. To another, yeah. From what you said, you had the day I had on Monday. Like, yeah. I had the worst day on Monday. I woke up feeling, like, so heavy. Mm-hmm. Mind you, it's, it's, I think it's also because I was very social over the weekend and Ooh. was with friends every single day of the weekend. Oh, and I, I woke up on Sunday, like, so hungover and so, oh. like, just exhausted. Oh. And then Monday comes along and you have to be on and go to work. And I was like, oh, my God. I cannot do this. Yeah. So I literally had the worst day on Monday and then some real things really fell apart and it was just it was a lot. When does the shit show so end? Like yeah. I feel it like never ends. It never and ends. I'm just really upset about it. But right now I'm coming out of it. So today I've woken up this morning and and I'm a lot less heavier than I was yesterday. Because you know when you yeah, have a bad yeah. day, you wake up the next day quite heavy about it. Yeah. But I've had a whole day to process Monday. Monday was the worst day ever, probably of the year, actually. Oh, no. And, you know, now we're bouncing back. We're, we're going to bounce back. Amen. Okay? Come back queens. That's what we are. Okay. We- what are we talking about today, Naya? Well, as you all can see inside of the, um, not the captions, the title, um, we are talking about like, oh, so you think I'm crazy now? So. Oh, so now I'm crazy. Now I'm crazy. You, you think I'm crazy? Wow. That's crazy. That's, that's usually my response to that. It's like, oh, that's crazy that you think I'm crazy. But anyways, for those of you who don't know what the hell we're talking about, which you should, uh, we are talking about the crazy black girl stereotype and where it shows up in our lives in the world around us. So, Tools, when was the first time that you came in contact with the crazy black girl trope? Um, I must definitely say it was definitely television. Okay. Um, particularly African-American television. So Ooh, baby. You know, your talk shows, your, we, you know, we got Maury, we got um, Jerry Springer, you know, Ricky Lake, we got 
all those kind of talk shows that like really really like capitalized on the drama in you know the, you know the african-american community they'd come and then talk about their issues and wigs are flying and people are throwing hands type of thing <laughs> i also watched a lot of uh reality tv so your bad girls club your uh but what do you call them love and hip-hop yeah, and yeah, yeah. basketball wives um real housewives of what what i grew up on that stuff because i i really enjoyed and i find it entertaining and even that is something to unpack yeah but that is definitely was definitely my first encounter with the crazy black girl trope the girl who will you know slash your tires if you cheat on her she will you know throw out all your clothes you know jasmine sullivan i'll bust the windows at your car type of thing you know like yeah yes love her love her so that was my first encounter you know with it i i don't know if i had south african references to the crazy black girl or the crazy black woman maybe i didn't that's just not coming to me now Hmm. but that was definitely my first influence and obviously because we are super super you know american influenced those influences came through quite strong and then i remember my peers even myself embodying those kinds of behaviors at school in high school not that we would throw hands and pull each other's braids out but um there was always just like an air of like don't just respect me okay you don't know who I am, okay? <laughs> you know? And we'd use all these terms that we'd learnt on TV. Yeah. Um, and that would be the kind of energy that it, which we would interact if there was ever conflict, you know? Yeah. Um, it was the way and the spirit in which we confronted each other. It was the way in which we, like, just dealt with conflict in our friendship circles because that's what we were all consuming and we were all watching. And I think... I don't want to say it was glamorized. I don't want to say it was attractive, but it was just something that it was learned. It was just learned behavior. And I guess you think that that's the natural progression of life. Like that's how you would act if your man were to, to cheat on you. That's what you would do if you would, you know what I mean? Um, and we had no scope of like actual reality because I think we didn't know <laughs> it was all scripted. <laughs> it was all a lie. True. Okay. We had no Mostly idea, by men. but exactly. And then you get to certain African-American writers who write certain types of movies that also depict black women in a particular type of way, yeah. right? Um, I think we all know who I'm talking about, okay? So either she will be <coughs> struggling, dirt, <laughs> dirt poor, scraping, um, crusty and, and ashy as hell, <laughs> only for her to work her way up to a love that she's always deserved. She always deserved that shit, bro. She just didn't know she, she deserved, deserved that shit. Sure. Yeah, 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 of course. That That's always the narrative of the black woman. We always think we deserve less. We never know that we d- we deserve more than what we have we because we don't have a scope of like se- self-worth. And then we would have, obviously, one of the characters would always be the ratchet girl yeah. who is the baby mama. And, you know, so so those were the kinds of things that kind of really scoped my understanding of what this crazy black woman is, what she looks like, how she behaves. How about you? Um, I have to agree. I think a lot of it, I grew up, we both grew up in like a white school system, right? So for me, I was always one of three black girls. Um, and I, I'm like brown. Fair. Me and Tilly are pretty close in skin tone. Um, so, like, depending on where I am in the world, some might say I'm racially ambiguous. But, like, here in America, they're like, you black, right? So, um, a lot of that played into the fact that people would not deem me as, like, 
the really black girl, right? Like, as problematic as that is, that's the reality of mm-hmm. the situation. I, I talked, quote-unquote, white. Um, I, I was very uncomfortable with people being really loud, especially if they were black. I always used to feel like, especially, like, mm-hmm. in college specifically, like, I remember if somebody was being really loud... It would make me uncomfortable if I turned and was like, please don't let them be black. And then I turned around and they were, <laughs> um, which is also very problematic. Right. So like I've been mm-hmm. conditioned to think that there is something wrong with my loudness. However, it took a mentor slash um, supervisor to say, I think people have been um, stereotyping you and giving you microaggressions since you got here and probably before because mm. they assumed my passion and my verbalness um to express my opinion as a threat um in some cases they used it as like a tool to get their point across when they didn't have the courage to do it themselves and other times they used it as a weapon against me to make it seem like there was something wrong with me being able to be articulate and express myself um and just because you're not a combative person and i don't mind conflict in general like generally speaking right there i definitely have my moments right i'm human but generally speaking, I don't mind conflict. If there's something where we can talk mm-hmm. it out, I will talk it out and keep it moving. It's just not that deep for me. If I'm mm-hmm. not going to die over it, I can talk it out and keep it pushing. Um, but for yeah. some people, it literally is a emotional distress for them to say how they feel. Typically white women, mm-hmm. but that has nothing to do with <laughs> I know here nor there. That is a stereotype that I need to deal with my dog on stuff. But with that... Um, and then also the narrative on TV, as well as, um, I grew up in a very close knit family and my uncles have been like my dad. I have a dad. He's very, he's been very active in my life, especially when I was younger. Um, and we did have a really close relationship, but I got the benefit of getting dad pluses as I like to call them because Mm. they were so protective of me. Well, some of those uncles all of those uncles <laughs> in some regards <laughs> felt, you know, not so on the straight and narrow path of the perfect spouse or the perfect partner, all these other things. Right. And so the younger of my uncles would sometimes say like, yeah, be talking about their girlfriend, whether current or past and be like, oh yeah, she crazy, man. And as I'm listening to the story, some of those same girlfriends were mentors for me. We're like big sisters because y'all had been together for years. Mm. Right. And so I've gotten the story from her of what happened. And then I'm getting the story from you of what happened. And I'm looking like, she's mm-hmm. so crazy. You crazy that you think it's okay to call her crazy for your shit that you yeah. just don't want to be held accountable for. And I mm-hmm. learned very quickly that there were certain things I didn't want to put up with, right? Um, when my parents split, there were certain things that my mom was straight up like, your dad is looking at me like I'm crazy. She didn't say it exactly like this, but this is pretty much what it felt like. Of like, your dad is looking at me like I'm crazy for da 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 And he did da 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 you know? And so I learned very early mm. on, crazy is this term that we put on black women when we don't want to be held accountable for our own shit. Oof. We put it on them to deal with our baggage because it's easier for us to blame the victim than for the person who was the oppressor to the victim, right? Mm. And so I had to learn that from a really young age, even going into dating, of feeling like it's okay for me to express my emotions. But there, I mean, I'm talking about in high school. My high school sweetheart made me feel crazy for wanting to plan a future with him. 
Like, I was literally explaining mm. to other people, no, it's completely okay that he doesn't want to be with me in the long term. I just understand he's going through a lot right now. His family is going through a divorce. So maybe bringing up a family just, it's too much for him right now. Yeah, it may be too much for him right now, but it wasn't too much for me. My family was also going through a breakup. My dad literally got remarried in the span of a week during the time that we were together. And I still... But was... here's my thing. But here's the thing. It's that it's the fact that he made you feel like it was completely unwarranted to be planning a future with him. Yes. It wasn't too much when you guys were whispering sweet nothings to each other. Thank it you. It wasn't too much when you guys were hugging and kissing and, you know, t- telling each other you loved each other and telling each other what colleges you're going to go to. That wasn't too much then. No. But when you start to talk about, okay, so what are we going to do next year? Okay, so what are we going to do in two years' time? Now it's completely unwarranted it's baseless that you would ever think of planning a future with me but just last week you were telling me i'm the love of your life now because i mean sure you granted, don't do... granted we're granted we're 17 okay yeah, yeah, you will yeah. get that we'll get there we're 17 we're young but That's valid. don't make it seem like the conversation of t- talking about the future comes out of left field yeah. and that's the thing that's the that's problematic the thing. Part. that's the that's the problematic part it's that you make it seem like there was no basis for the conversation. It's come from absolutely nowhere. And now you're crazy because you've definitely, you, you've imagined this love story in your mind. Yeah. I was never in this relationship. You just came up to me one day and started talking about the future. Basically. Yeah. We were in a whole, we were in a whole relationship, y'all. Like I've been in situationships no. thereafter, but specifically in this situation I'm talking about, we were actually in a relationship. Like we actually said, you're yeah. my boyfriend, you're my girlfriend. Again, situationships, been in those same situation. You're gaslighting me and calling. Even if you're not saying it, you're acting like I'm crazy for when your actions and your words don't line up. So whether mm-hmm. you actually say, man, she crazy or n- no, you literally catch an attitude with me when I hold you accountable for your actions and your words not matching up. And God forbid I do that because then I'm not adding up to your reality that you want us to live in. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. And for me, I feel mm. like that's not, it's not even a feel. I know now that I'm older that that is gaslighting. That is gaslighting pre yeah. the context of an abusive relationship where he's putting his hands on me. There are other forms of emotional abuse. Gaslighting is one of them. Yeah. Calling me crazy yeah. is gaslighting me. You it's, are invalidating my feelings. Absolutely. And convincing me that my version of reality is not the right one. No. It's not the correct one. That's not what really happened. And I guess this takes us to our next question of like, have you ever been gaslit or convinced that you're crazy just because you felt an emotion? Because I think sometimes, you know, yes, secondary to the fact that men gas at us because they don't want to be held accountable for their actions. A lot of the times we have natural emotions to certain things and things that men say and do. And all of a sudden you're crazy, right? All of a sudden, you know, you're unhinged. You know, he treats you like trash every day. He abuses you. He puts his hands on you. He cheats on you. And then when you decide, actually, you know what? Fuck it. Enough is enough. I'm out. I'm done with you. And I have a natural response of anger. The same way you do when you put your hands on me or the same way you do when you emotionally abuse me. And I do something like throw your clothes out and say, tell you to get the fuck out of my house. All of a sudden, I'm crazy. How? (laughs) How did we get there? You weren't crazy the entire time abusing me making me feel worthless you were completely fine you were completely sane and now when i have a natural reaction of being tired of your ass i'm the one that's crazy so i remember experiencing this on a very micro level as a child 
before we had the terminology of gaslighting, before I knew what any of this was. Before it was common for us to talk about trauma, first of all. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. And for me, my first encounter with it was my dad. And it's his birthday today, actually. Happy birthday, dad! It was... (laughs) Happy birthday, Dad. Um, my dad used to do this thing, and I think he still does, but not as often because he knows I'm on to him, okay? <laughs> um, he used to do this thing where we, he would tell me what I feel, yeah. right? But like on a very small level, like something as stupid as like, oh, it's hot outside, I'm going to wear a dress. And he's like, no, it's cold, wear a jersey. And I'm like, no, but it's not. It's not cold. And he'd be like, no, it is cold, you need to wear a jersey. And I'm like, I know what I feel. Yeah. (laughs) In my body, I feel pretty warm. (laughs) I will be okay. And it would just like snowball into bigger things. It would be like my dad, my dad always turns things into teachable moments, right? So literally I'll I'll (laughs) choose the chicken sandwich and he'll be like, let's sit down and talk about it why you chose the chicken sandwich. Bro, is that a dad thing or what, bro? (laughs) My dad is the same way. (laughs) Probably. So my dad's like, so we'd always have like these like conversations and we'd unpack things and we would, and he would always like just try to find the life lesson in it. So (laughs) I'd had many, many conversations with my dad where I would feel a certain way about something and he would just be like, no, that's ridiculous. And that was his line. He'd say, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And I'm like, (laughs) What do you mean it's ridiculous? It's just it's exactly what happened. <laughs> what do you mean it's ridiculous? This is how I feel, you know, like. Yeah. And then it, it turned into when I was in varsity, I would be like, I would call him on the brink of a breakdown and be like, Dad, I don't think I'm going to pass this test. I don't think I'm going to make it. And I'm just trying to get out of here so I can go to drama school and just be an actress. And he would literally just be like, you fail a test. Never. And so in the moment you think it's positive, you think, okay, he believes in me so much. He thinks I'll never fail and he's always going to be so proud of me. But what he was really saying was like, not you, like you're incapable of failing. You're incapable of being mediocre. You're incapable of, you know, not showing up, you know, like what if I just didn't go to write the test? Yeah. Am I still going to be you? You'd never fail a test. No, no, I I would definitely fail that test. Yeah. Part of the life lesson is also learning how to fail. And fail successfully. Exactly. So I get that. Yes. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. I was never allowed to fail with my dad. Like, mm. I think my mom and I have a lot more of a stripped down relationship in the sense that when I fail, my mom, she knows. She, my mom knows my imperfections. Yeah. Whereas my dad, I was just never allowed to fail. Another thing is that he probably never sees my, 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 my failures as failures. And that's a, maybe a mm. good thing. But I think as a kid and even now, I look back and I'm like, nah, man. This nigga straight up would like distort my rea- my 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 <laughs> perception of reality and that. tell me how to feel and tell me that this this feeling is incorrect because my, my no. dad's an engineer he's a maths guy he's a science guy yeah. so this makes sense he is practical he is in numbers he is this he is that you yeah. know two plus two equals so, four for him very much so. exactly yeah. whereas for me two plus two could be whatever you want it to be because I'm more creative <laughs> it's a rainbow I'm a lot more emotional than he is. <laughs> Two plus two is a rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that that was really my first encounter. Like actually, like when I think about it now, yeah. Not that he made me feel like I was crazy, but there were definitely moments where I was like, 
did I imagine that? Yeah. <laughs> did I imagine those feelings? I felt like that. So yeah. As you're describing, I also have been gaslit by my. Actually, I know I've been gaslit by my dad because that was like my that was my phrase at the beginning of this year was like I just don't want to tell him how I feel about stuff really because I just don't want to be gaslit like it's mm. I was telling my mom the other day I was like there is my reality of the world and then there's my dad's reality of the world and sometimes people's reality of the world this isn't specific necessarily to my family but just in general what I've learned is your reality to the world may be different from someone else's and the truth lies someone in there mm. but sometimes the truth cannot be seen by both of you it takes maturity to see the reality of everyone involved right to uh, mm. to hold the same weight as your reality and someone else's takes maturity first of all if you don't check yeah. that box yeah. good luck with the rest but once you check that box being able to have the maturity and say my truth is right and so is your truth and the absolute truth is somewhere there in the middle and i can live with that some people can't live with that if you can't check the maturity yeah. box, they are not in the they are not capable. It's not necessarily that they're unwilling. They may not literally be emotionally capable to understand mm. the absolute truth because the absolute truth yeah. requires some people to be held accountable for their actions. Mm. And that is painful. Like imagine someone telling you you lied to them in front of 10 different people. Even if mm. that's not actually what you're doing, Imagine that that's what it feels like for that person who is already mentally yeah. not mature enough to deal with the actual situation. You're now telling them that they're a bad person or the things that you're listing off that they're done would usually be inside of the bad person category. It's like why people don't like being told they're racist. They can't mentally comprehend yeah. the fact that they would be someone whose grandparents, racism for white people is like, oh, my grandparents had slaves. My grandparents didn't have slaves. I came over here on Ellis Island. That's not really the point. Mm. <laughs> You're still benefiting from those same <laughs> white people who did have slaves. Yeah. And you didn't stop yeah. it. And you were around for Jim Crow and still didn't give a single mm. shit. So, no, you may not mm. have been those type of white people, but I don't think your yo family would have stopped the lynchings either. So, um, I'm going to need you to come to grips <laughs> with reality and then we can talk, right? So... That's mm. what I mean mm. by it's something very simple as sometimes people just can't handle the truth and not in the jokey yeah. jokey way. Like quite literally, some people's whole ego is based off of the fact that they're a good person. And when you call that into question, you're calling into question who they are and you have to forgive mm. them for that and say, actually, I understand where you're coming from. That's not me. So I'm going to remove myself from you. But peace and blessings to you and I hope you learn how to deal with that mm. and keep it moving mm. Oof. it's the traumas man it's the scores Tell you me. know like inner work is so exhausting Ugh. but I guess it brings us to a place where we're able to have these conversations we're able to to take when someone says you know what tools I really don't like I didn't like when you spoke to me like this yeah because I know my truth and I'm not afraid of my truth I'm not afraid of my darkness yeah. I'm able to engage that conversation as opposed to saying, nah, dude, I didn't say that. Nah, I didn't do that. I mean, obviously, I'm not perfect, but I definitely think it is important to be able to face your darkness because you'll never, ever, ever be able to accept a flawed image of yourself from somebody else. You'll never be able to accept that when they eventually come to you and say, you've hurt me, dude. 
Like you hurt me. Yeah. You so have to recognize yourself to, as a human being. Exactly. Exactly. But no, what, what are you going to do? You're going to gaslight because you have a lot of inner work to do and you are very immature. Yeah. Okay? And okay. that's okay. I wish we now, could normalize the fact that it's okay to have inner work to do. Yeah. It's okay to not be a perfect human. Trauma, all of that stuff, welcome to the fact that we all have it. We all have mommy and daddy it's, issues or family issues. So it's not it. about being perfect. It's about how can I not hurt the next person I come in contact with with the shit I yes. got. Yes. <laughs> just that. Yes. It's literally Ugh. just that. Uh, so have you ever been the crazy ex-girlfriend to someone? Probably. Have you, ha- have, have you ever <laughs> had that title? <laughs> Y'all, look, they ain't never said it to my face, but then, yeah, I'm the one to pop off. Like, and actually, I immediately yeah, no, think Yeah, no, Naya of, is the one to pop off. <laughs> I really am. Are. I will look you dead in your face and be like, what did you just say to me? Like, I'm just not, I'm not that person. I, I can't. And sometimes I'm not. Sometimes it just rolls off of me. But typically those are the moments when it hasn't processed in my head what just happened. It's like when you have a microaggression, be like, did they really just say that? Like, that's really how it be for me sometimes. And I process very slowly things around me because I'm always observing and always being analytical of the people around me and the things that are happening type thing. So it, it takes me a minute. I'm like a computer, quite literally. Um, but mm. I would say, yeah, I have in the most specific position situation that I think I remember close enough to this stereotype, right? I had this boy that I had a crush on and I feel like in like a month, all the girls in my homeroom, this was a middle school y'all FYI, all the girls in my homeroom had a crush on this boy and he was the cutest guy in our class. Let's, let's be honest. He really was. Mm-hmm. But that didn't mean he, but he was a jerk. I'm going to be honest. He was a jerk. Let me clarify. He was the cutest guy in our class and he knew it. His older brother was the cutest guy in eighth grade. They were two years apart. And they were like, they were like the cute brother duo. They didn't really get along that well, but they knew they were attractive black guys. Um, And then I feel like that, like for a few months, girls were just going through the rotation of liking this boy and like being around him type thing. And I remember his name was Caleb. Yeah, his name is Caleb. And I remember. What's up, Caleb? Yeah, I remember like talking to Caleb and being like all flirty and we were cute. And the next week or a few days, I don't know. He got sick of me. He decided he was over it. He was over (laughs) my attention. And he said something to me, y'all. I don't even remember what homeboy said. I don't remember. I just remember seeing red. Hello. However, (laughs) I don't remember what was said. All I remember is what I did. It was in the middle of math class. It was quiet. Caleb did something. And I asked somebody across the room to switch seats with me because I was five seconds from cussing this boy out. And that was the year I found out that it was okay to yell at your classmates in class because I was finally going to a predominantly black school and everybody around me was acting up when they wanted to, so I could too. So Caleb said... So I'm going to do it too. Exactly. So Caleb did something. He said something stupid. And I was switching seats and I all I remember saying is, what you got to say about me, you can say it to my face. Don't turn the other way. You can say it to my face. Y'all, I'm yelling across the across the aisle way of our chairs and desks at this boy, right? You're in seventh grade, so you're 13 at this point. No, I'm, I'm like... in six. I'm 11. I'm 11 years oh old. My, my teacher is at her desk, y'all. She stopped teaching class. She left us to go do work. She's sitting right there looking at this. She let watch all of this happen. Home 
homeboy wanted to be disrespectful, and I'm like, you can't sit up here and act like you don't like me today just because Logan, <laughs> the the mean girl in our class, says some shit about me. You don't get to all of a sudden be on her side when just last week you was all huggy, huggy, kissy, kissy up on me. So I'm gonna need you to chill that out, playboy. Like I was not having it. I don't even remember what he said to this day. And I, I just was remember, eleven. I was Teaching niggas how to be accountable. Don't okay? come for me. I, I will come for you. 11. <laughs> teaching niggas how to be consistent. Okay. Period. Consistency was always a thing. Okay. Period. And that I still am. 22 hilarious. and ready to go. Let's go. I will call. I will run you for filth. I'm so sorry. And I'll do it in the most loving way possible. I want you to be a better person. I'm helping you out. You're welcome. <laughs> That's how I feel. Listen. We've all been with a guy who talks about his ex-girlfriend and says, well, she crazy, you know? And I think it is just so funny how she just woke up one day and became crazy. (laughs) There is no other half of the story. Nothing happened. She just woke up one day and said, I am actually going to go batshit crazy. I've never been the crazy ex-girlfriend. You were always so nice. (laughs) Not that I'm nice. It's just like I just... I don't know. Like, my ex, my only ex that I consider an ex, um, I think, like, started dating someone while we were still together. But, like, oh, he came clean. He was like, yeah, there's someone else. And I was like, I was like, okay, cool, bye. Like, I was like, there's nothing else to talk about. Like, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm just Tell not. What? I'm just not. <laughs> I'm just not gonna take myself there when you've decided you know like you've made a decision i think i i'm literally I, looking with, um, around my room like what did she just say to me right now <laughs> bro I'm just not like honestly 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 even in friendship i said this last week like i'm not in the business of keeping people where they don't want to be that's like, true leave. that's true that's it's true. okay like i am fine i am whole i am fine i am not like no I'm probably the crazy girlfriend, though. Like, I'm not anyone's <laughs> crazy ex, but I'm definitely the crazy girlfriend. Okay, Bro, I am. I can't. I think I'm crazy in my relationship. I think Rio would definitely attest to the fact that I'm crazy. That's like, fair. That's fair. If it just sounds like he's raising his voice at me, like, if it just feels Too on me. a particular day <laughs> that you've gone up one octave, oh, 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 okay. Well, I'm going to have some words. I can't. I am going to have some words. Like, Rhea knows, like, there are certain things that I'm like, I am just not going to stand for that. Like, you will not talk to me like that. You will not say that to me. Like, I'm definitely the crazy girlfriend. Oh, I definitely am. Oh, Oh, and I will own it. Oh, I will own it. Like, it's totally fine. Like, I'm fine with that. Like, I don't don't care about a nigga who who wanted somebody else. That means nothing to me. That's fine. In my relationship, though, you will know who the fuck I am and what the fuck I will accept and won't accept. So... Yeah, that, that for me is like, I mean, I'm, I'm good with it. And I think he's good with it. He's good with my crazy. And he is well, so not crazy. He should that be. I feel sorry for him. <laughs> Some he days should, I, I pop off. <laughs> I will pop off sometimes. Like, I will raise my voice. Oh, then he raises his voice. Oh, girl. And then I'm like, how dare you raise your voice at me? <laughs> not you being that woman. Not you doing that. And oh, then five I've minutes later, I do apologize because I'm like, I'm, I'm really sorry. I did raise my voice first. I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I'm, initiated I'm really sorry. violence. I and initiated. then when you chose I violence, I looked at you like you was crazy. Like, how dare you choose violence? <laughs> I feel yeah, that. no, I'm not that woman. I really am not because I will always come back and apologize. Or even That's if true. I don't, like, I'll just sit on his lap and kiss him. And that means I'm sorry. So, so I'm just, just accept <laughs> it as my apology. 
<laughs> it's real though. I think people know when you choose your partner, you know your your partner's like triggers and you know their temper. So you yeah. sign up for that. Like you signed up for that when yeah. you was dating them because that's how they were when you were dating them. So why would they all of a sudden be somebody else, right? But I think no man, Rhea, Rhea knows I'm crazy. He knows. Yeah. He knows. He I think knows. for me, I don't think he'll ever say the word, but he knows it. <laughs> when I when I'm quiet, that's when you should be concerned. I feel like mm. I'm that person. When you're talk, that's the thing. You can raise. Actually, I'm gonna take that back. There are like two different phases. If you're yelling at me or raising your voice, I may pop back. Or there's a version of me that is either quiet and analyzing how not to cuss you out. Or mm, there's the version mm. of me that is kind of like timid. Like, should I say that? Do I say what I'm really thinking? So I will say there are a variety. There, I have layers to who I am, right? I'm a human being. So mm. like there are some times where I'm like, uh, I don't know if I should say that because I don't, don't want to be, like I don't want to be labeled as crazy, right? And then there's the other part of me that's like, uh, you really just said that. I'm going to let you finish. Because when you're done, oh, you about to get this. And I hope you know, when I'm done with you, you're going to feel like the little boy you are because I'm coming for mm, your throat, mm. which is also something I need to work on because I recognize when I get a partner for the long term, he's going to be looking at me like, okay, you ain't have to do all that. And I don't know if I feel safe. I don't feel safe. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so I'm going to work on that. Thing. It really is. It really is a thing to work on, man. Like it is. Um, and like you said, you take a while to process your emotions. Like yeah. Rhea takes seven business days to process how he feels. It's those Libras. We need something. a minute. Honestly, like I'll say something today. Next week, Thursday, he'll say, you know that thing that you said last week? I just, and I'm like, okay, listen, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this. Okay. I need you to tell me right now how you feel about what I said right now. Because I know how you I feel about something halfway through your sentence. Yes. Halfway through your sentence, I already know how I feel about what you're saying. Yes. So what is so damn hard about knowing how you feel? <laughs> That's my biggest point way. of crazy. Yeah. That's my biggest point of crazy in my relationship is like, I know how I feel right now. Ray needs to like sit with it <laughs> and think about it. And I'm, I'm grateful that he's that kind of man that, that yeah. thinks about things and sits with things and isn't as erratic and as emotional as I am because it would be a mess if that's what our relationship was. It would be too you much. Know? Too much, like, but fire. I do, I do, yeah, I do think that, like, we've touched on why it's so difficult for men to take responsibility for their foul actions. I think, yeah. and we talk about this probably every episode. Period. It's just that men are not socialized to talk about emotions, nor mm -hmm. are they socialized to do the inner work of themselves. Self-care, um, going to therapy, those are all, like, feminine storylines if you think about being it being like, held accountable by their friends yes you sitting in yes, a circle and like, being like actually your that advice is valid however i think you also should yeah. take your own advice because dot, 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 dot. men would be ready to scrap bro do you know how many fist fights would be ready to go if men were like actually holding their friends accountable like accountable can we normalize holding your friends accountable and it not be the end of the world if they're really your friends you should be able to tell them how you feel about their actions. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Tell your friends the I truth mean, we, so I don't have to. <laughs> we do this all the time. We talk about this all the time. And it's very obvious that men just aren't having the conversations they're supposed to be having in their friendship Absolutely circles. Men, men are not seeking mentorship. They are, but for things like business and how to make money and how to do Bitcoin. And that's like, great. But, but like, how's your emotional health? 
Okay. Yes. How's your emotional wealth? You know, are you able to 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 hold a conversation about anything? Gaslighting anything uh, with a friend <laughs> about anything, anything that's emotional that has nothing to do with money and Bitcoin and sports. You know, like, are you an, <laughs> nothing to do with you, those things? Like, are you an actual person? You know, are you actually surviving as a human being? You know, are you having meaningful conversations? And they're not. And this is the reason why it is easier for them to run to, oh, she's just crazy. This is why they have female friends that know everything. I'm actually, as you were saying, I'm like, that's why my male friends come to me. That makes sense now. Yeah. Because they're male friends. They aren't having, they don't, at least it's not the same conversation. I'm going to challenge them. They know that about me. I'm going to challenge you the way you're thinking and how you feel. And I'm not saying how I, what I feel is fact. That's the other thing. I'm Mm. not looking for a debate. Mm. If one of you all come in the comment section and say, Naya's point about this at this minute was actually wrong. I completely disagree. I would want to have a conversation. But that's the thing. I'm not here to debate with you. I'm here to dialogue with you to have a conversation about it. I facilitate dialogues all the time. I'm literally trained in this. Mm -hmm. So I'm not looking to try and change your opinion. I'm trying to express my opinion. And if you agree, cool. If you don't, also cool. I like understanding other people's perspectives. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, hopefully that just gives you perspective. Yes. You know, that's what conversation is. It's my perspective, your perspective, my perspective, your perspective. It's tennis. And if so, we don't like, agree, cool. If we do, if eventually I come to your side of the fence, I think that's cool too. I grew. I learned. I, I considered someone yeah. else's opinion outside of my own. That is growth. That yeah. is maturity. Yeah. That's awesome. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Y'all, let your male friends know, because I know our audience is predominantly female. Let your male friends know to start doing the inner work and to let go of this word. It's very, you know, destructive. It's very triggering Period. to some people. And it's just not necessary. Me. We can have a conversation. <laughs> we do not need to be called crazy because we're not. I'm can literally I just call them crazy? <laughs> I can think I we can, but two wrongs don't make a right. <laughs> two wrongs don't make a right. We're trying to be good people. Dang it! <laughs> Yo, thank you so much for listening this week. Uh, we had so much fun on this episode. I am so grateful that you chose to listen to us today on your way to work, on your way to school, in your study break, or while you're studying, whatever you're doing. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. They say April showers bring May flowers. Well, this May, for Mother's Day, birthdays, anniversaries, and all your floral needs, head to Cam Florist, where flowers can be purchased online and in person right down the street from the historic Motown Museum. Bring your own vase or order from scratch. Make sure to let someone you love know how much they mean to you with Cam Florist Arrangements. Located at Brazelton's Florist and camflorist.com.